Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong here on Leonard Birdsong Radio. So happy to be back with you on Talk Zone. I'm broadcasting from the city beautiful. That's Orlando, Florida. I love to live here. And I love to talk to you on Talk Zone every Thursday between 1 and 2. As you know, my show is a unique blend, a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. We never provide you with fake news, but we will show you or talk about some things that will make you laugh out loud with my dumb criminal law stories. Today, of course, I'll be reading some of my dumb criminal law stories, as I always do. I also want to talk about the bombshell that happened this weekend about Donald Trump Jr. uh, meeting with the Russians and not telling about that. And uh, we'll talk about the lawyers they've all... Uh, I guess have asked to help out and we'll talk about, or at least, at least I'll give my opinion on whether Mr. Trump Jr. will be prosecuted for this. But all right, let's start the show with the fact that I did not finish talking about what I wanted to talk about last week. I told you that the parade magazine puts out every year a list of what various people earn to give you an idea of where you fall on the scale. We talked about some people last week who I won't go over in detail, but we learned that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, made an ex, uh, uh, an estimated $64 million in 2016. He was the highest paid actor, according to the survey of what people earn. Melissa McCarthy, a comedian, is estimated to have made $33 million. And Cam Newton, the quarterback for the NFL Panthers, estimated $53 million last year. How did you, how did you line up? Well, here are some people who perhaps didn't make millions, but were people that you might want to know about. We have a fellow. No. We have a fellow by the name of Cliff Caulfield. He's 67 years old. He lives in Oceanside, California. What does he do? He works at Disneyland Resort in California, and he is a member of the transportation cast. That is, he's into parking cars. He makes $9,200 a year. Julie Decker from Alaska is a commercial fisherman. She made $100,000 last year. She says fishing families are the fabric of coastal Alaska. And then there's a young Shanika Richardson. She's 35. That's relatively young. She lives in Atlanta and is a radio personality. It's estimated she made $100,000 last year. She says she's the host of an afternoon drive show, best known for her entertaining news segment, quote, Word on the Streets, end quote, where I talk all things hip-hop, culture, and gossip. Finally, there is a lady by the name of Jody Davis. She's 57 and from Woodstock, Georgia. What does she do? She's a cuckoo clock designer. She made no money in 2016. She says, though, my vision is to reinvent 
<laughs> to reinvent cuckoo clocks with an American aesthetic. All of my savings are invested in the company, and all profits go into more inventory. Well, Jody Davis, I wish you luck. Maybe in 2017 you'll make a profit. Let's end with the person who is really no longer with us, but whose estate generates a lot of money. Elvis Presley, singer and songwriter, made an estimated $27 million in 2016. Elvis and his estate was still the king of rock and roll in 2016, selling more than 1 million albums throughout the year. So how do you stack up? How does your income stack up with some of these people? Perhaps not as much, perhaps more than some. It's interesting to find out this information. Leonard Birdsong Radio is here to bring you this kind of information, and I'm happy to do it. I hope it makes you think. Right now, let's pivot, and I want to talk about some of the dumb criminal law stories that I've been developing over the last couple of weeks for you. and. Uh, I hope you get a few laughs from these. You can always email me if you'd like to at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com and tell me how I'm doing. Or you can read my stories on my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. Our first story today comes from Illinois. Headline, Impromptu Strip Shows for Inmates? Federal officials who operate a women's jail in Chicago say they can't stop improper, impromptu strip shows for the inmates. We learned that for many years, people have been going to the top of a parking garage and putting on shows for the women residents of the Metropolitan Correction Center who flick the lights to show their appreciation. A representative for the Bureau of Prisons says, quote, because it's private property, the Bureau of Prisons has no authority to remove people, end quote. An executive for the company that operates the garage says he doesn't know nothing about those free shows. <laughs> sure he doesn't. <laughs> All right. Kansas. Our next story comes from Kansas. Headline, A Change of Mind. A 71-year-old Kansas City man who said he was robbing a bank to go to jail in an effort to escape his wife has changed his mind about the going to jail part. At sentencing in mid-June mid of this year, Lawrence Ripple asked for mercy. He blamed post-heart surgery depression for the spouse dissing robbery that made headlines last September. He was eventually sentenced to six months of home confinement. I guess that can be bad if he doesn't like his wife. All right, it's not that funny. That's not that funny. All right, a story from New Jersey. The headline, he was well hydrated. A driver was arrested after he smashed into a mailbox and a fire hydrant in Parsippany, New Jersey. He then drove around with a hydrant stuck to his car. The motorist, Domingo Moreno, was arrested at a diner after police followed a trail of water from the accident scene to a nearby home where Moreno had allegedly thrown the hydrant into the trash. Mm -mm -mm. He was well 
hydrated, said the headline. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's funny. Well hydrated. Story from Ohio. Line. A boost to Uber and Lyft. A judge known for handing down unusual sentences is requiring convicted drunken drivers to download Uber and Lyft apps as a part or condition of their probation. Municipal Judge Michael Ciconetti in Painesville, Ohio, said ride-hailing apps are a perfect fit. Perfect fit. There's nothing crazy about it, said the judge. It's just common sense. I think he's right. California, the next story comes from California. The headline of this one, she had time for a chaser. Assault suspect Christina Ohanian, 25, led L.A. police on a wild chase through a, the San Fernando Valley one early June morning this year, say police. When Ohanian finally crashed her allegedly stolen car, she popped her head out of the open sunroof and calmly lit a cigarette to unwind, that is to unwind, before being arrested. Yes, she had time for a chaser. <laughs> the, the next story comes from Nevada. The headline read, Her Career Has Been Rocked. Las Vegas judge Heidi Almas lost her seat in an election in June after she faked an endorsement from Dwayne The Rock Johnson and criticized her opponent for being married to a criminal defense lawyer. Al Mace sent a post-election mailer reading, quote, For disappointing those attorneys in the public, you have my personal apology. Yes, her career has been rocked by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who did not endorse her. Here's a funny one from Texas. It's so funny these real things, these happen in real life. It's happened to me when I was a prosecutor. But the story from Texas, the headline says, Hidden Where the Sun Don't Shine. A woman who made headlines in 2015 for allegedly hiding a loaded gun where the sun don't shine, that's in quotes, was sentenced this past week of June to probation for drug possession. Her name, Ashley Castanite. Ashley Castaneda, I'm sorry, she's 33 years old, and denied hiding or hiding the gun in her vagina. However, a police matron said she found it there and removed it after her arrest. Well, now, that, that, that sounds funny. Okay, you can stop laughing. It sounds funny, but this happened to me when I was a prosecutor in papering when a police officer brought in a female drug suspect, and I okayed the case to go forward. She was taken down to the lockup. A few minutes later, a police matron came up and said, as she walked away from the suspect in her cell, she heard a loud clank, and she ran back to the cell to find that the suspect had a twenty-five caliber small revolver hidden in her vagina and it clanked when she in the metal toilet when she dropped it so hidden where the sun don't shine is usually found out another story from texas 
a diehard fan? A Texas football fan begged a judge for permission to wear his Dallas Cowboys jersey to his double murder trial. Thomas Randolph, 62, was accused of killing his sixth wife and a hitman and would like to wear a Tony Romo jersey to court, saying he simply loves the team. Of course, he declined comment on whether the sports gear might sway the jury in his favor, according to the police report. No, I don't think the judge would let him wear a Dallas Cowboys jersey, particularly a Tony Romo jersey, to trial. Oregon. Headline. Nope, not the bars they wanted. Police in Bend, Oregon, arrested two 17-year-olds earlier this year for allegedly selling fake gold bars, officials said. The boys made more than $30,000 from the fraudulent Craigslist sales. And yes, they are now, now behind jail bars. How about that? Pennsylvania. Headline. An open-air getaway? Maybe. Police are on the lookout for a thief who escaped on the hood of his getaway car. Philadelphia police say Joseph Dipperson, 36, stole power tools from a Home Depot in May of this year and then punched an off-duty police officer who tried to stop him in the parking lot. Dipperson then fled on top of a car driven by an accomplice. Police report. No arrest has been made. All right, coming to the end here, a couple more stories. Utah, headline, some days you bite the bear and some days the bear bites you. That's the headline. Story, a highway patrolman pulled over a man in 2017 on Interstate 80 with overly tinted windows and found the man was carrying 200 pounds of marijuana, according to authorities. The suspect, 67 years old, turned out to be a retired Atlanta police detective who allegedly told authorities, quote, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Today wasn't my day. I lost. Amen. All right. West Virginia. It was the easiest arrest ever, said the headline. Stacy Foster, 39, recently charged with burglar and destruction of property after allegedly breaking into a house in Winfield, West Virginia, and then falling asleep in the homeowner's bed, was arrested. Police said it was the easiest rest arrest ever. All right, folks, those are the dumb criminal law, dumb criminal law stories for this week. There's much more on Leonard Birdsong Radio today. Stick with us. We have more to come. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited, nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. 
If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong back with you to talk about some things in the news. This past weekend, I had a speaking engagement in Jacksonville, Florida. That's about 120 miles north of Orlando, where I live. I spoke to the what are known as the Northeast Sisters in Crime Writing Group and uh, did a presentation about some things writers need to know about what goes on in court. I did not read any news or listen to any news during that weekend because uh, my wife and I made a nice little weekend of it, both Saturday and Sunday. But when I came back here to Orlando, I learned that the White House, and this was on Monday, was forced to shift from denying contact between the Trump campaign and Russia to defending a meeting that President Trump's eldest son had in the midst of the presidential race last year with a Russian lawyer purportedly offering damaging information about Hillary Clinton. I'm sure all of you have heard about it. The White House, of course, sought to play down the significance of that encounter, even as new details emerged, indicating that it had been arranged at the behest of a Russian family that has ties to the Kremlin and a history of pursuing business deals with President Trump. The controversy did deepen Monday with a report that Donald Trump Jr. had been informed via email that the information on Clinton was part of a Russian government plan to help his father's campaign. The New York Times, which broke the story, cited three unnamed people who had seen the email. This was a write-up that came out of the Washington Post on that Monday. The revelations put the Trump administration on the defensive about their relationship with Moscow, and they seem to add to a pattern of not disclosing criminal, Kremlin rather contacts or providing false information about them. The latest information since centers, of course, on Donald Trump Jr., whose concession this week that he took part in a June 9, 2016 meeting contradicted statements he had made in recent months 
and it comes as an investigation in Congress and the special counsel office of Robert Mueller is still investigating. Now, basically, there are a bunch of emails between Donald Trump Jr. and uh, a fellow by the name of Rob Goldstone, who is a music and talent director, and uh, there are a bunch of emails. They were published. I have the emails here. I've read them. One of the first one talks about, um, well, basically, let me make sure you know about the players. The emails from June 2016 are between Donald Trump Jr. and a fellow by the name of Rob Goldstone, a British-born former tabloid reporter and entertainer, entertainment publicist. Mr. Goldstone told Donald J. Trump Jr. he was writing on behalf of a mutual friend, one of Russia's highest pop music stars, Iman Agalerov. The emails were posted. Here's one, the very first one that's sent on June 3rd, 2016 by Goldstone. It says, good morning. Eman, that's the pop singer, just called to ask me to contact you with something very interesting. The Crown Prosecutor of Russia met with his father, Aris, this morning and said they, the meeting offered, or in their meeting, offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary Clinton and her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father. This is obviously very high-level and sensitive information, but is part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump helping along or helped along by Eris and Eman. What do you think is the best way to handle this information, and would you be able to speak to Eman about it directly? I can also send this information to your father via Rona. Rona, Rona is an assistant to Donald Trump, but it's ultra-sensitive, so wanted to send it to you first. On June 3rd, later that day, Donald Trump Jr. wrote an email back to Goldstone, says, Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. I'm on the road at the moment, but perhaps I just speak to Eamon first. Seems we have some time, and if it's what you say, I love it, especially later in the summer. Could we do a call first thing this week when I'm back? Well, that was the email that indicated that maybe Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians. Now, the Donald Trump Jr. said in an interview earlier this year that he had not participated in any set-up meetings with Russian individuals, but after learning that the Times, that is the New York Times, planned to publish an article about his meeting with the Russian lawyer who came over, her name is um, Veselnitskaya, Veselnitskaya, Trump provided evolving explanations for what he had been discussed in this meeting. However, he first said the talk centered on policies restricting the ability of U.S. families to adopt Russian children. Then on Sunday, he issued a statement acknowledging that the premise of the meeting was that Vessel Nitskaya claimed to have potentially damaging information about Clinton. Trump goes on to say that the lady failed to deliver and that it quickly became clear that she had no meaningful information, but his participation on those terms, as well as the advance of Kushner and then Trump campaign Paul Manafort coming to the meeting, 
amount to evidence that the campaign was willing to consider accepting help from Russian sources. On Monday, Donald Trump Jr. retained a lawyer. His name is Alan Futerfus. He is from New York and I think has been a f- uh, involved with criminal information or criminal matters in the past. Now, again, this information is known as bombshell information because for many months, Donald Trump, now the President of the United States, says he nor his campaign never did anything to uh, collude with the Russians in the in the campaign in 2016. Now, that seems to have been not true. And, of course, the Trump administration is back peddling. Now, again, I'm not sure as a former federal prosecutor, well, I know that this is a bad thing to do, but I don't know that Donald Trump Jr. is going to be prosecuted for this thing. There is a white-collar criminal law professor from George Washington University by the name of Randall Eliason. He has written that the news about Donald Trump's junior meeting with the Kremlin-connected Russian lawyer is a significant development in the investigation of possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russian nationals. Of course, he goes on, and I agree with this, a single meeting by itself is not a crime. Much more remains to be learned, including what was actually said during this and other meetings and whether agreements were made. But prosecutors in the Office of Special Counsel Robert Mueller III are no doubt extremely interested in what happened that day in June 2016 at Trump Tower when Paul Manafort, Jared Kushner, and Donald Trump Jr. met with this Russian lawyer, her full name, Natalia Veselnitskaya. All right. Now, collusion is defined as a secret agreement, usually defined as a secret agreement to do something improper. In the criminal law world, we call that conspiracy. It's unlawful collusion. If unlawful collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian nationals did take place, criminal conspiracy might be a likely charge. What is a conspiracy, folks? A conspiracy is a partnership in crime. The federal conspiracy statute, that is uh, 18 United States Code 371, prohibits conspiracies to defraud the United States, which includes conspiracies to impede the lawful function functions of the federal government, such as administering a presidential election. I know a lot about conspiracies having been a federal prosecutor. Conspiracy also prohibits agreements to commit other federal federal crimes. This could include an agreement to violate the laws against hacking into someone else's computer or to violate federal election laws. Of course, there have been meetings between Russians and uh, people from the Trump campaign now. We don't know what's going to happen. However, what will happen for sure is that now that this information is out, Donald Trump will, Jr. will probably be subpoenaed by Robert Mueller and put in the grand jury and put under oath. I don't think that the prosecutor wants Donald Trump Jr. He's not working in the administration now, and he is the son of the president. But 
What investigators like is a small fish who can, they can turn to get bigger fish. And that's what I think is happening here. I would not like to be in Donald Trump Jr.'s shoes right now. Now, again, I don't know. It's hard to defend a conspiracy. The first line of defense is always to say, that's ridiculous. I'd never agree to meet with someone from Russia under these circumstances. Well, that line of defense appears to be gone. Members of the Trump campaign didn't call the FBI to report a Russian national's offer to dish dirt about a former U.S. Secretary of State. They took the meeting. This could be a violative of the law. This could be a conspiracy. But I'm going to come back and talk a little bit more about this. It's my opinion that right now uh, the feds don't want to really prosecute Donald Trump Jr. They want to get him under oath in the grand jury to tell him or tell them more about what other meetings there were between the Trump campaign and other people in Russia. Stay with me. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. Be back with you soon. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong back with you. I have on my hat today of being a federal, former federal prosecutor, knowing what goes on in investigations. I've never been in one this big, but I've been in some big ones. We have the Donald Trump Jr., the son of the President of the United States, supposedly met with the Russians back in June of 2016, right after his father won the nomination for the Republican presidential race. He told no one about the meeting. As a matter of fact, he lied about the meeting. A prosecutor investigating a potential conspiracy uses intrigued by the way information about meetings between Russians and the Trump campaign has been trickling out. Over the past few months, we know that several members of the Trump team have admitted to meetings and conversations with the Russian, with Russian officials after initially denying any such contacts took place. In just the last few days, we read that Trump Jr. and administration officials have offered differing accounts of the meetings between or with the Russian lawyer Vesel Nitskaya. It's hard to pronounce these Russian names. Vesel Nitskaya. 
Lies or conflicting explanations can be important circumstantial evidence of criminal intent, folks. They may indicate that the truth is something more than nefarious that someone does not want to be discovered. It's true that innocent people can make mistakes or forget about meetings, but it's also true that guilty people often lie and cover up their actions. Prosecutors in the special counsel's office, that's Mueller's office, and as I told you, I do know Mueller. He's a very good prosecutor. They have powerful investigative tools at their their disposal. One of them is the grand jury, where they can compel testimony under oath from the key actors. Though granting immunity or reaching a plea agreement, they may obtain the cooperation of individuals involved in criminal wrongdoing. They undoubtedly know much more about this meeting than more than has been revealed in the press. Now, again, it's my opinion, just my opinion, that Donald Trump Jr. will not be prosecuted for this meeting with the Russians and lying about it. But I do believe he will be put under oath and come before a grand jury where he has to tell the truth and the prosecutors want to find out more information. Now, the thing that struck me when I read these emails that I talked to you about, when Donald Trump Jr. was responding to the first email, he didn't seem to be very surprised that the Russians are trying to set up a meeting with him. To me, that indicates that maybe Donald Trump Jr. and others knew all along that the Russians wanted to help Donald Trump to be elected. Maybe we'll find that out. But let's just leave that there and talk about the fact that this whole thing about the Russians won't go away. Donald Trump would like it to go away, but it's not going to. As a result, many people in the administration have lawyered up, as they say. President Trump himself hired a fellow by the name of Mark Kasowitz in late May of this year. Kasowitz has represented Trump in a number of prior legal actions, including the allegations of fraud about his real estate seminar program, Trump University. Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, hired a lawyer by the name of Abby Lowell in late June. I know Abby Lowell. He and I served in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, D.C. in 1980. We were both in the misdemeanor section during that year. He's turned out to be a very good and prosperous lawyer. Abby Lowell went on to serve as chief counsel to House Democrats during the impeachment of Bill Clinton, and he defended Senator Robert Menendez, a defendant from New, uh, sorry, a Democrat senator from New Jersey on corruption charges. Then there is Attorney General Jeff Sessions. He hired a lawyer by the name of Charles Cooper in June. Cooper served as an assistant attorney general under Ronald Reagan and was identified as a possible Trump nominee to serve as solicitor general. Then there's Vice President Pence. He's hired Richard Cullen, and he did this in June last month. Cullen is a former U.S. attorney who worked on the legal team of George W. Bush during the 2000 vote recount. Uh, the 2000 vote recount. Those are people who are in the administration that's lawyered up. Here's a list of people outside the administration. As I told you, Donald Trump Jr. hired on Monday Alan Furtierfuss. He's a criminal defense attorney in New York City. 
Michael Cohen, one of the, uh, President Trump's personal lawyer, hired Stephen Ryan in mid-June. Ryan is a former assistant U.S. attorney with experience prosecuting criminal cases. Former campaign chairman Paul Manafort retained Reginald Brown. Brown formerly served in the White House Counsel's Office and defends those targeted by government investigations. Former National Security Counsel Michael Flynn has retained Robert Kellner. Kellner is a prominent defense lawyer in, defense lawyer in Washington who focuses on campaign finance and political activity. The former campaign communications advisor Michael Caputo, he uh, retired, he resigned not too long ago. He hired Dennis Vacco in mid-June. Vacco is a former attorney general for the state of New York. Now, that's a lot of attorneys. I lived most of my adult life in and around Washington, D.C. I was an attorney there, a prosecutor there, later defense attorney. The fact that various people have retained attorneys do not imply guilt. However, it does demonstrate how in these investigations the Trump campaign and administrations have expanded, looping more and more people who might have information worth sharing. Nor should you be surprised if more names are added to this list before the investigation ends. That's how these investigations go. Most of you won't know what's happening. Even I won't know what's happening, but I know the process. Leads lead to other leads, which leads to people telling the truth that get higher-ups in trouble. So we don't know where this scandal will go. We don't know what will happen to Donald Trump. But we do know that there's collusion, but collusion by itself does not mean that there will be a prosecution. So we will see. This is Leonard Birdsong. I don't know if you are a Trump supporter or not. It's a sad set of affairs. I don't know what's going to happen with this administration. They didn't get off on a good start, and it seems to be getting worse. Donald Trump himself flew off last night, as I understand it, to Paris. He's going to be in Paris tomorrow. Tomorrow is Bastille Day. That's France's Independence Day and quite a day. I've been in Paris. No, I've been in France, not in Paris, on Bastille Day a couple of years ago. My wife and I were in Nice, that is, on the Riviera, and we celebrated Bastille Day with the French there. It was a good time, lots of fireworks, lots of parades, lots of proud stuff by the French. We will see what Donald Trump has to say. The new president, Macron, invited him, and I hope that they can have a good relationship. At any rate, we will follow what's going on. People have said that this thing with Donald Trump Jr. is a smoking gun that proves there was collusion and that there may be a conspiracy. I don't buy it, folks. Not yet. I don't think that there's any one smoking gun yet. I think there are a lot of guns that might be smoking, but they haven't been smoked out yet. But I do know, and I'm here to tell you, that investigations are generally very thorough when you get a prosecutor like Mueller involved. We will say to you, stay tuned. All right. Maybe you don't even want to hear any of this, but I think it's topical, and I'm glad I can perhaps shed a little light on it for you. 
We're going to take another break here, and we're going to come back with something lighter. We're going to look at some of the news uh, just a little bit about, I think I have time to tell you a little about the battle emerging between the Trump administration over who controls immigration and refugees. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. We will be back. Stay with us. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning law school guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, it is Professor Birdsong back with you, Leonard Birdsong. I used to be in the State Department for a while while I was in government service. I was a Foreign Service officer. Among other things, I was a consular officer for a while where I oversaw the issuance of visas held hearings for former Nazi party members when I was stationed in Germany. This was in the mid-80s. And I loved working in the State Department. I got a chance to live in Nigeria, two tours there, northern Germany, the Bahamas, and for a year I was a special prosecutor in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I learned earlier this week that there is a battle emerging inside the Trump administration who, over who should control immigration and refugees. It comes from a story written by Josh Rogan in the Washington Post and talks about an emerging flashpoint in the struggle and debate over what part of the government should be in charge of deciding who gets into the United States. It's come about. 
Ever since the passage of the Immigration and Nationality Act in 1952, that's the immigration law of the United States, that mission has been charged to the State Department where I used to work. Thousands of diplomats not only stamp passports and issue visas, but they also craft policy and make recommendations about who gets to visit, work, and seek refuge in the United States. I used to do those kinds of things, and I loved it. However, that tradition has now come into question, and I don't like what I hear. A document supposedly crafted by senior White House advisors includes proposals to move the State Department's Bureau of Consular Affairs and Bureau of Population, Refugees, and Migration over to the Department of Homeland Security. White House Policy Advisor Stephen Miller, who helped craft the document, has reportedly been pushing Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to get tougher on immigration, vetting, and refugee policy at the State Department. One White House official cautioned that these proposals resulted from a brainstorming session focused on improving efficiencies across government and were far from being approved. I hope they don't get approved. Another White House official, according to Josh Rogan, who wrote this, said that Tillerson doesn't, if Tillerson doesn't go along with the changes, there are others who might strip Foggy Bottom of its role, of its funk, of its uh, traditional functions. Now, I don't know what all of that means, quite honestly, but what I do know, if the State Department no longer controls consular and visa um, uh, matters. There are 12,000 personnel across the world who will be without work. And more than $3 billion annually that we get from consular fees won't come into the Treasury. Now, leading Democrats say that the White House should leave things as they have been. Refugee resettlement is not an immigration program, but rather a humanitarian program and a diplomatic tool, says one congressman, one from Maryland, his name is Cardin. Cardin's House counterpart said that placing these tax in the hands, these tasks rather in the hands of law enforcement suggests that we view non-Americans as suspicious and maybe even a threat. I think this is wrong. This is not the way we want to do it. I don't know what's going to happen with this, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with you telling you about it, but I believe that we should go along with the way things have been. The State Department has diplomats who want to make the United States and its values good to the rest of the world. We make decisions about who can come to the country as a visitor, who can come as an immigrant, State Department oversees the refugee program. It should not be a law enforcement type of job in the Department of Homeland Security. Again, this is my opinion, folks. This is my opinion. We uh, have some time here in the program. Let's go away from some of this heavy stuff and look at a few news tidbits that I found over the last week. Stuff in the news that's true that you may not have heard or read yourself. Here's the first one, headline, not cool. The temperature in Avas, Iran, soared to a sweltering 129.2 degrees last Wednesday. 
matching the hottest day ever accurately recorded according to the Weather Underground. The previous record was set last year in Mitriba, Kuwait, according to meteorologists. 129.2. Get out the fans, folks. Good Lord, that's hot. All right, here's another one. It's the smell we've all been waiting for, says the headline. Perfumer Demeter France, Perfumer Demeter Fragrance Library has released a new scent that will make you smell like a cat. How about that? The perfume called Kitten Fur was designed to capture the olfactory essence of the warmth and comfort of that perfect spot just behind the kitten's neck. This is according to a company description. Do you really want to smell like a cat? I don't. <laughs> My kids always loved cats when they were growing up. I used to have to have cats around. I don't want to smell like one, although cats are sort of friendly. Here's one. A Texas woman just got her citizenship and wants to be a judge again. Young Min Burkett is her name of South Korea, who had been a Corpus Christi municipal judge in Texas before it was learned in May that she was only a permanent legal resident and not a U.S. citizen. Now that she has been sworn in last Friday, she now wants to have her job back. It's up to the city council to decide whether Burkett can be reinstated as a judge. This is in Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi Municipal Court in Texas. Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. Okay. Another news tidbit. Headline. He's Putin's, I'm sorry, he's Putin's, he's Putin's, I'm sorry, he's Putin's artistic talents. A fellow by the name of Dario Gambarian plowed a 440-foot-wide portrait of Vladimir Putin into his fields near Verona, Italy, ahead of this past week's G20 meeting that was held in Hamburg, Germany. Last year, Gambarian did portraits of Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton in his fields. I'm sure these are news tidbits that you hadn't heard that you'd only hear on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Do I have some more? Well, I'm just a few more here. Maybe not even a few, just a couple. Her breeding business was for the birds. That's the headline of this story. A Northern California woman must curtail her backyard bird breeding operation because of the smell noise, and flies that were driving her neighbors crazy. The woman keeps, <laughs> I can't believe this, the woman keeps 500 parrots and other tropical birds, which she sells on Craigslist for between $650 to $1,600. This is in Almeda County, California. Deputy, sheriff's deputies there ordered her to reduce her flock of 500 parrots down to 50. Now, again, that's a whole lot of parrots. It seems like she'd go broke just feeding 500 parrots. But, you know, it takes all kinds, folks. Here's one, and it's interesting. It called, the headline says, Sony Returns. And it shows a picture of a turntable. Here's the story. 
Three decades after it abandoned vinyl production, Sony says it will start making records again on the back of surging demand for the retro music format. It will be churning out freshly pressed records by next March, according to Sony, Sony Music Entertainment. The Japanese company stopped making vinyl records in 1989 as consumers flocked to compact discs and other emerging technology. Vinyl has been making a global comeback as it attracts not only nostalgic older consumers, but also younger generations. Global vinyl revenue will con- nope, let's start that again. Global vinyl revenue will top $1 billion this year while sales of CDs and digital downloads continue to fall according to estimates from the consulting firm Deloitte. Well, well, well. You better get your your new turntable out and buy some vinyl. This is Leonard Birdsong. I'm here with you on Thursdays between 1 and 2 Eastern Standard Time on TalkZone. TalkZone is Internet radio at its best. You can hear me 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you have a computer or an app. I am available to listen to what I say. I have humor. I have news. I have opinion. And I have storytelling, and I love to be here with you. I'm going to end the show today with a few riddles. I love riddles, and some of you out there listening also love riddles. See if you can figure these riddles out. All right. Have you heard this one? Why did the drum take a nap? Why did the drum take a nap? Now, that's not hard. Think about it. What's the answer? You know. The drum took a nap because it was beat. Yep, the drum took a nap because it was beat. All right. Why did the girl take a ruler to bed? Think about it now. Don't all jump at once. Why did the girl take a ruler to bed? You got a few moments. Go ahead. Think about it. The girl took the, a ruler to bed to see how long she slept. <laughs> All right, folks. These are fun. Some of you are getting them. Some of them you don't get. This is a hard one. Maybe you've never heard this one. What did Tennessee... What did Tennessee think about it? That's the question. What did Tennessee? What's the answer? The same thing as Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. Yes, I like it. Okay, you can you can stop the laugh. Okay. All right, I'm going to end with this one, folks. And again, can you figure this one out? Here's the question. Did you hear about the explosion at the cheese factory? Did you hear about the explosion at the cheese factory? Oh, you didn't? Here's the answer. Debris was everywhere. Debris was everywhere. 
The explosion at the cheese factory, get it? All right, folks, this has been Leonard Birdsong. I'm here with a few riddles for you that I thought were funny. I hope you could figure them out. I like doing them. And I will be back with you next week. Now, you can follow some of my dumb criminal law stories on my blog. It's www.leonardbirdsongs.com. It's leonardbirdsongslaw.com. Let me start that again. www.leonardbirdsongslaw.com. That's my blog. You can find it. You can read some of the funny stories I put up there. I collect them. It's a hobby. Also, you can go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com. You can find out more about me. You can also order some of my books if you'd like. I hope you do. Finally, you can... um, also, email me if you'd like to make a comment or ask me a question. My email is lbirdsong22, just the numbers 22, lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. I love being here. You, I love being here with you on Talk Zone every Thursday. I hope you stick with me. I've had fun today. I'll be back with you next week. I'm signing off. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio.